0: Welcome to the Weekly Beat by Mansa, with your hosts Maggie Mutesi and Dumi Jere, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Beat. I am Dumi Jere, coming to you from Babane in Eswatini, the kingdom of Eswatini. Uh, I'm not alone as always, my uh, partner in crime and uh, beautiful sister, Maggie Omotesi, coming to us from Nairobi in Kenya. Maggie, how are you doing?
1: I'm fine. Thank you, Dumi. Uh, It's not every day that uh, we get to hear from people from Iswatini. How are you? (laughs) How is the kingdom of Iswatini? Uh, Is it raining? Is there, you know, uh, too much sun? you know
0: what's up No, the thing about uh, the kingdom of fs14 is that um, most of the times it's always raining if it's not raining it's very cold uh, sometimes yeah. i actually refer to it as a little switzerland of sorts because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's so mountainous That's... so most of the times it's raining
1: absolutely um yeah. you know we how's kenya kenya is okay um just yesterday we had um, one of uh, the biggest tragedies of the region. Ah, Uh, Man, I've heard about it. Victoria, 19 people died. There were just, uh, I think, 24 survivors. And uh, you're hearing all these stories. If we had had, um, you know, faster rescue uh, strategies or, uh, you know, services, you know, people Mm. would have been saved. So it's been a down, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Hoping that uh, those that lost uh, loved ones in the accident, I mean, in the plane crash, uh, find some comfort and solace at this trying time.
1: Absolutely.
0: Indeed, 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 indeed. This week, though, uh, as we've been talking uh, since I think the past week, if not the week before the past one, uh, everything has been about the COP27 summit uh, mm-hmm. happening. Uh, in the seaside resort of uh, Shamal El Sheikh in, uh, in Egypt, um, and so today we need to touch on another angle because now this is the crucial week—the week that uh, I mean—because over the weekend all we were seeing was: oh, President Ma- uh, Chakwera of Malawi has left for uh, for for Egypt; oh, Prime Minister of uh, Swaziland—I mean, of Swatini—has left. Uh, for Egypt, Pri- President of Zimbabwe has left for Egypt, so all of them are there. About 110 heads of state uh, mm. expected to participate in this thing. So it's uh, it's, it's 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 crunch time because uh, most of the negotiations between the uh, the heads of state are happening today and tomorrow. Um, so yeah, and while all of that is going on, I mean there are fears that um, you know African governments. Uh, may use the threat of uh, exploiting fossil fuel reserves uh, to push European nations to keep their promises on climate change, investments as well as uh, infrastructure. Uh, it, it, you know it it just raises uh, an interesting conversation around uh, fossil fuel um, I mean our fossil fuels that we've got. we've relied on all of these uh, for for the longest time. Um, things like coal, um, to give us energy and uh, electricity and stuff. And okay. from the past uh, summits, Africa has been encouraged to do away with fossil fuels. Um, mm. Now, uh, it's almost like we find ourselves in such a tough uh, position because do we ditch our fossil fuels and in the process actually give them to the European countries who are no longer getting um, uh, energy from Russia, um, or was this like a political thing where we were told no, do away with fossil fuels? Yet in fact, um, we could have negotiated for longer uh, use of these fossil fuels. You know, it's 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 just opening up um, a whole lot of different conversations from different angles. Um, Mm. Have you been following uh, that particular um, uh, conversation around fossil fuels? Yes,
1: yes, yes. In relation to
0: climate change?
1: Yes, I have. I have. So I have been following it since the Africa Energy Week because for me, it gave me a different perspective. But like you mentioned, I think this week is uh, really in particular looking at negotiations, looking at are there any announcements that have been made? And obviously, one thing for sure before we even get into the debate is that climate change. Is real mm-hmm. and regardless of um, whether African countries are pushing for you know uh being able to still phase out their fossil fuels as they move to clean energy we also have to put into context that countries like Kenya are suffering a drought that has never been experienced we have mm-hmm. to look at what happened in the southern Africa in Zimbabwe with a uh, cyclone die in the past in Malawi mm-hmm. that left you know millions displaced until now still figuring out how to rebuild so climate change is real and even when we look around us we can tell that you know seasons have changed it's not what we thought but there are people are actually facing the brunt even harder like somalia the horn of africa so you know if animals are also dying from you know drought then we obviously have to to step up and think you know and 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 for me the reason i'm putting this across is because we've also had climate change deniers and mm-hmm. it's it's a very common thing that you see on tv on radio anyway now to talk about the fossil fuels i was reading an article from the chairman of the Africa energy chamber where yeah. he urged you know african leaders um to defend the use of fossil fuels as soon as possible starting at cop 27 in egypt And just to reiterate his words, he he says, Mm. I am going to COP27 because I believe if Africa is not on the table, it will be Mm -hmm. on the menu. (laughs) That that can be. (laughs) And somehow it makes a lot of sense, uh, Dumi, because if Mm. you're looking for financing and funding to transition Mm -hmm. um, into clean energy, then Mm. you have to use what you have to generate those revenues to be able to transition. And that's his argument. And I think um, one thing you mentioned is like as African countries really head to COP27, we have to stand as one and be able to understand that we have to use what we have to transition. Mm-hmm. Um, let's not forget as well, we're talking about a transition that um, seems so far away. Uh, just to reiterate the words of the African Union, I think they say uh, fossil fuels are short-term and uh, clean energy is long term, so it's just the same argument that we're seeing uh, all through. But for me, to be honest, I'm excited to, uh, for example, here are some of the commitments that will be made. Uh, mm. But beyond commitments to see, you know, if African countries actually, like he said, uh, are going to be on the table or they will be the menu, <laughs> and um, obviously to see what deliberations or. Um, you know, what stand they really take on climate change in an African perspective. Yeah, what works yeah. for our people? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. do we move forward with the small resources that we have or with what we already have? This is how I'm looking at it.
0: Which is actually an interesting uh, point because I'm inclined to agree. Uh, it takes us back. It takes me back particularly to one of the podcasts that we had and uh, we were touching on the Just Transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, framework uh, yeah. when it comes to um, uh, climate change, because I mean, even in as much as we talk about climate change, uh, we also need to speak in the in yeah. the in the in the name of climate justice and the right to development. Uh, we've got as yeah. Africans, we've got a right to develop our natural resources, um, and so. Yeah our natural gas can you know just also be considered a transitional energy um so it'll be very interesting to watch i'm uh, I'm really praying and hoping that um, our leaders reach an agreement on uh, fair energy transition for uh, our beautiful continent Uh, Mm. because let's face it uh, africa has got very large gas reserves and we need mm. to be able to exploit all of those gas reserves for another 20 or 30 years, or even further, um, for our development. And in, 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 in that way, we'll be able to provide access to electricity to, you know, the over, what, 600 million people or so who are still deprived. Therefore, it would be very unfair to be stopped now. Um, mm. All of this, after all these other countries have really exploited and developed their countries to be where they are, and when it's now our turn uh because we've mm. found these uh, deposits and we want to exploit them, therefore now it's uh it's, it''s it's no Africa must not go ahead and do that Africa must stop it's not um yeah it's something that i'm hope I'm really really hoping uh and looking keenly forward to the concluding remarks. Uh, from the African Climate Change Champions, and whoever is leading the negotiations on behalf of our continent. Look, uh, something else that came—I uh, mean, that that I noticed that, that has been making so much noise this uh, past week uh, was for mm. people like you, Maggie, uh, and by people like you, I mean people that are verified on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm told it's gonna to cost you eight bucks to keep that blue tick next to your name on Twitter. <laughs>
1: you know, you know,
0: um yeah. I honestly think when I when I, when I look at um uh what do you call this uh everything that's going on with um with with Elon Musk, I honestly think hmm. it was a joke gone bad. Uh by like Twitter. Yeah, I feel like maybe it was just uh, a prank between him and his boys one day after uh, you know a couple of drinks, and he mm-hmm. said, "Okay, I'll do it." Mm-hmm. And because he's a voice, uh, he's a powerful voice in the world. Uh, one tweet mm-hmm. is all it took, and people started taking him seriously. The uh, SEC in uh, in America, the uh, they started paying attention to what he was saying and i think he was then forced to to go ahead with this social experiment of his but yeah look it's 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 um for me it's very confusing and the one thing that i worry about is that while uh, um all of these years i've 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 uh, um i've never quite understood uh, or or rather, I've never quite subscribed to the idea of some people getting verified and some people not getting verified. Now that mm. it's for sale, now, you know, I found myself uh, this morning thinking, what if I could just, you know, what if uh, somebody could just, you know, create an account and they impersonate a bank or impersonate mm. uh, an airline or something. And, oh, because they can pay eight dollars and they can, you know, spew whatever information they want to spew. Mm,
1: I see what you mean.
0: Like much as they, I mean, much as he's preaching free speech, free speech, free speech, but then how are you going to regulate it? Because now everybody who's got $8 a month can afford to buy Mm -hmm. uh, a blue check. And we had become accustomed to blue checks being the source of, you know, credible information. Uh, now I can also That's just start my. Um, I can also start my BBC a Swatini, and then you know, uh, pay eight bucks, <laughs> and then come up <laughs> with my own blue tick, and then what? And then like, who's going to mm. verify the things that I say? So it's it's it's, it's quite. In, it's going to be quite interesting for me to see like how exactly are they going to go forward with this uh, mm. social experiment of theirs, um, the number of people that he has uh, fired. On he, not even day seven, the guy has fired 50% of Twitter. And they're like, okay, uh, shouldn't you wait a bit and you know
1: uh see how we how I think he yeah. mentioned like to be honest with you, I understand to be honest with you, I understand where you're coming from in terms of credibility and mm-hmm. uh Twitter you know pushing for citizen journalism. I for one, even though I have a blue tick. Uh, If you look at it in a business perspective, if you've paid $44 billion uh, for Mm. a platform that is losing over $4 million a day, according to Elon Musk, you're going to have to find a way to monetize. He's a businessman. He's not here for charity. I think this is one thing (laughs) we forgot. I look at it, this way: do me though. Mm. Uh, I think for him he says he needs free speech and one of the things they've done I think since this week has been that if you impersonate anybody there's nothing like suspension you're banned permanently from Twitter and um, I I think uh, Elon Musk uh, tweeted Mm. the other day he was like yeah I'm going to make it crystal clear that Twitter's strong commitment to content moderation remains absolutely unchanged But he's also saying that if you can pay $8 for coffee, why can't you pay $8 for verification? (laughs) But also, it doesn't mean that you're just going to open an account and boom, you're verified. Obviously not. I'm sure there, there are some policies that you're going to have to go through as a verified account. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, one of the sad or down bits about this policy is that there are people who might not be able to pay $8, but we've been relying on them in terms of information, like you mentioned, and accurate, mm-hmm. you
0: know, mm-hmm. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. actually accurate information all over the world. He seems yep. to be doing a lot in the past w- weeks since he took on uh, Twitter. He even mm. said that, he, uh, you know, the number of people that have joined Twitter has increased since he bought it.
0: <laughs> mm, but, so I, I saw something uh, like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, he has fired some. And this morning I woke up to news that some of the people he fired, he tried to recall them back. And at the end of the day, for me, it's 44 billion dollars.
0: Indeed, indeed. I agree. I agree. Look, uh, I think everything else aside, even his methods of doing business aside, uh, this for me is uh, slightly exciting because it's, 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 it's a window into how these billionaires operate and how they, mm-hmm. how they generate value and how they make money. Um, it's almost like a masterclass being delivered publicly on how to run a company because essentially what he's doing is he's taking advice from twitter right so he runs a poll and then it says okay based on the poll this is what i'm now doing Uh, so you're like okay Uh, maybe there's something that we could learn is uh, other small businesses also trying to you know become bigger than what we are currently so hey let's see uh, as time evolves uh, where we stand where we stand uh, we're going to have to leave it here, folks. Uh, truly, truly appreciate Maggie. Appreciate your time and your insights. Um, and uh, again, um, we pray again for you know comfort, solace and strength uh, to all the folks that have lost loved ones in the Precision A uh, plane crash. Um, we leaving it on that uh, sad note for this week. Uh, but um, we will be back next uh, next week with more reviews of uh, the COP27 summit. And uh, hopefully, it will be good news on that end. From me in Babane and Maggie in Nairobi, till the next episode, here's to peace and profit.
1: The Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts,
0: Arnold Segawa. Maggie Mutesi and Dumi Jerry, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat
1: by Mansa.